And this is the big T trauma that is. And I am Dr. Antoinette D. Coslo, DHA. And again, thank you so much for joining me today on our first full length episode. Who am I and what do I bring to the table? And how can this podcast, or at least this segment, benefit you? Well, again, I am Dr. Antoinette DiCoslo, DHA, and I have definitely had my fair share of trauma, and maybe even a bit more. What I bring to the table is my ability to continue to persevere, even in the face of absolute tragedy, barriers, and straight-up resistance. So just a little bit about my background. I have been dealing with trauma since I was at least five years old. Some of my first incidents of trauma happened within the school system and within the school day in kindergarten. Those episodes will be discussed in further episodes of this podcast. But some of those incidents that happened pretty much have left me with what I consider a guilty conscience. And I can remember in my 20s and when I was in college, I would sometimes tell people, I just have a guilty conscience. And oftentimes people just would look or shrug like, what do you mean? Why would you say that? And it, a lot of it has to do with not just what happened to me as a small child, but it was how the adults handled those situations when they were made aware of them. Sometimes it's not even simply the fact that the trauma happened that left a scar, but sometimes what keeps the healing or even the acknowledgement of said events from being able to be processed and placed in their proper place on a shelf is the lack of acknowledgement. Yes, adults have their own traumas and their own issues. But sometimes it's important for people to understand that when you're dealing with small kids, small children, even teenagers, it's important to handle them with care. They do not have the life experience of someone who is 30 or 40, or even in their 20s at that point. They make decisions based on a lot of times their brain development. And I know a number of people out there would like to battle and discuss this further, but I'm not going to. It's simple. Child development is an ongoing process. The brain develops at a different pace. At times, depending on how old a child is, they may not have the ability to have forethought. Like if I grab this apple, something will happen after I eat it. That's where the adults, the guardians, the teachers, the parents, the other family members, and even just basic concerned citizens, that's where they are supposed to play their role in keeping our youth and our young safe. Unfortunately, we do live in a community or rather a country in a nation 
at a time in which children are obviously not valued. And again, I know this may seem hard for some people to hear, but it's not worth debating. The information is out there. Look at the foster care system. Look at how the children are being treated and abused and mistreated. Look at our school system, the mass shootings, and how they continue to happen. And our legislators seem completely unprepared and unwilling to take the necessary actions to keep those things from happening. Going back to the school system, we see that the curriculums that are being taught in our public school systems and some private school systems are not up to the global standards. We, as the citizens of the United States of America, are not able to compete with other countries at the same level of academic acumen. Our schools have been failing our kids and then they grow up and be adults with failed educations and entitlement at times and are usually unable to move through the world as well as they could. But again, that's a conversation for another day and some of it I will not debate. But going back to my own expertise and my knowledge, I, like many of you out there, have definitely dealt with my fair share of trauma, depression, and anxiety for over 20 years, and have sought the, the assistance and guidance of numerous mental health care professionals over the years. And unfortunately, I can honestly say that until about four or five years ago, those previous years of, of therapy just did not help. I was often going around and around in circles and often going rounds with the different therapists who were simply denying my existence as an African-American woman, a black woman, black presenting, moving in the world within America. Very few wanted to tackle the notion of racism, systemic or otherwise, and how it actually impacts my life and the lives of others. When I got to college, I did not know how to swim, but I have a bit of an overstreet, overachiever streak or rather overachiever personality at times that just comes out and it just makes me want to do great things. And then I do. So with that stated, I went on by the time I graduated from college to become a PADI certified rescue diver. And my last semester in college, I also got a chance to be a TA or teaching assistant to one of the diving instructors at my university. So before all that happened, I had to learn how to swim in college. I had to overcome those fears of being pushed in the water, which did happen on numerous occasions when I was unprepared and a small child. I had to tackle those fears in order to go on to learn to swim. So that's one thing I've done that went beyond, above and beyond what others expected of me. 
but I expected of, of myself, even when others did not. I also went on to graduate from college or my university with two bachelor degrees. I was only slated like many to graduate with one degree and found out my last year that I only needed seven additional courses. Only seven. Sounds like a little, but it's a lot of courses to graduate with two majors. And that's exactly what I did. I went in that year and I tackled it and I got it done. While other people were saying, why would you do that? Why do you need to do that? What's the point? I saw it as a personal challenge to myself that I could do it. I could be better and that I was smart and that I needed to accomplish this for others, but mainly for myself. I started my graduate studies not too long after I graduated. But in between starting that, I did deal with a lot of trauma and tragedy that set my life on a very different course, which has led me to where I am now at this very moment. And once I started graduate school, I just, I just didn't really have it in me. At the time, the, the torch, the little light that kept me moving forward had been broken. The depths of depression and anxiety were really too much, coupled with inadequate and inappropriate mental health care that I was receiving. I just wasn't getting better. So eventually, my first attempt at a master's degree ended in failure. That was very crushing, among other things. And don't worry. Every other job I applied for reminded me that only if I'd had a master's degree would I be the right fit for that job. Only if I had attained additional education would I be appropriate. And eventually through working through or working with the depression, not even realizing at this point that I still had it, I eventually did attain my master's degree. I did it in a way that I wasn't planning. It was a very unconditional or untraditional approach, I should say. That's becoming a more common approach at the time. And I accomplished that. Going on job interviews did not change anything. I was still often being overlooked. I was still often being told I didn't have the right experience. But that is what it is. And so moving on, I decided to go ahead and start working on a math, a PhD. And that went okay, as some would suggest. And I ultimately finished all my classes and coursework in my comprehensive exam, which I ultimately passed to become what most would know in the academic world as becoming an ABD all but dissertation. And when it was time to start my dissertation, not only was I dealing with the depression, the anxiety, but I had become a new mother within that month or two month time period. And now I was also dealing with postpartum depression. 
That sounds like a lot, but I think I could have pushed through. But I was also dealing with a very uncooperative and unsupportive spouse. I also had very few family members that I could rely on who were helpful. I even had one family member who thought it was hilarious that I had a child at 40. And every time she saw me, she made jokes about it and laughed and just thought that was the funniest thing. To me, it was absolutely soul crushing. To be 40 and to not be able to pull that fire back out and accomplish greatness. Again, that I had proven that I could do and had done over the years. So ultimately, that ended in failure. My university was not very, how to put it, supportive. They just didn't care. They said, if you can't do X, Y, and Z at X time on X date, then you're going to be out of the school. And that's exactly what happened. And so I did go rounds with them and the advisors, the dean of the, the school, the president of the school. Also, they could say, oh, no, 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 no. You didn't do what you were supposed to. And we, we are not going to allow you another chance. However, if you want us to give you another master's degree, we can do that. To my knowledge, I chose not to. And, my, and it's because of my knowledge of how schools and acad- academia works. If I take that master's after doing all of that really hard work to get that PhD, it would allow the school to get credit for me having accomplished something. But I actually at that point wanted to be part of that group of students who you could see were part of the failure rate. To me, that meant more than anything else, because that meant that even if a school has a 99% graduation rate, what went wrong with that 1%? And why isn't anyone trying to figure out how to bring them into the fold, how to nurture them, how to support them academically so that you can have that 100% graduation rate? So I wasn't willing to just play nice with the situation that was anything but. And so over the next few years, I continued to look at opportunities and schools and just look and see what was available. And eventually a wonderful HBCU had an opportunity that was available. Virginia University of Lynchburg, not too far away from me. And I chose to take a chance on that. I applied and I got in and my anxiety is always high. So I called and had a few conversations with the head of the department and sent a few emails and asked more questions and realized that this program would be perfect for me, a doctorate in healthcare administration. And so I began that challenge a little over a while ago and I graduated this past August of 2022 with a doctorate of healthcare administration. One of my passions and one of the things that I am interested in and that I want to do more research on eventually is the maternal mortality rate 
involving black women, brown women, and women of color. And especially this phenomenon within the United States of America, where black women are often just not heard at all and often left to die. Some will say I'm over-exaggerating, but that's not what the, the numbers show. The numbers show black and brown women are 2.5 to 3 times more likely to die during or directly after childbirth. And directly after is within that first year. And if you also look at research in medicine, the numbers also suggest that if something happens to the mother where she passes, the child is less likely to survive that first year. So there's a direct relationship between the mother's health and that of her unborn and soon-to-be-born child. This is something that we don't take seriously in this country, unfortunately. But this is definitely something that I want to research more and just find out if there are other avenues, other ways of doing business, other ways of helping women to have the best outcomes when they're having bringing life into this world. And I feel like I've said a lot and that's just giving you a bit more about me. Of course, that's not me in a nutshell. Can't tell you everything about me, but that is what it is. And again, this is the big T trauma. And again, we don't talk about titties or testicles or testosterone, but we are talking about trauma. I do appreciate you joining me for this episode. And again, I am Dr. Antoinette D. Coslow, D-A-J, and you're welcome.